This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and the show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Ash Sky Keen, who tutors mathematics from home with their two-year-old child. They love community organizing and helping neurodivergent students navigate math. And here we are reading a letter from a listener. Probably for our third letter, and uh, I no longer remember whose turn it is to read it. Um, I think it's your turn. I read the last one. Fine. I mean, I, no, I, well. I, I was jokingly complaining. I, uh, I'm not no, actually I, mad. I was realizing I read the last letter, but then you read the yam yam. So I could read this one. That would also be taking terms. It depends on whether the yam yam take counts as, as reading counts. a letter. What do you think? It's it a math question. I think you should read this one. Okay, I'll read it. Okay, subject. Thank you. Stepping up for stepsister. I am a cis lesbian in a long-term relationship with a trans woman. Many of my close friends are trans too. My dad and I have a good relationship and he has made a genuine effort to learn over the last decade. He has gone from, I just can't get used to they, them to a sincere trans ally. Recently, my step-sibling, Sophie, came out as a trans woman. My dad married Sophie's mom a few years ago when all the kids were grown and the three of them all live in a red state pretty far away. Between the distance and the pandemic, I haven't gotten a chance to get close with any of my stepfamily. We're friendly, but I've only met Sophie twice, and her family is more conservative and Christian than mine. Although my stepmother has become more open-minded in the past years, in part of her children and my dad, decades of immersion in hellfire and brimstone culture isn't something one undoes overnight. I know she makes supportive, if vague, statements to Sophie, and is very grateful that my dad has a baseline knowledge of transness. But he has made it clear to me that she is struggling with Sophie's transition. When my dad talks to me about this, I usually recommend his wife try and find a P-flag group or offer to provide a sympathetic ear about how challenging, in quotes, this is for her. I have mixed feelings on this. On the one hand, I've seen dozens of friends in pain over their parents co-opting their transition to process their own shit. On the other hand, those friends have also said it would be would have been helpful for another family member to step in and be the person their parents processed to instead. I don't even have a good sense of how much support Sophie is actually getting from her mom or in what ways or what the rest of her network looks like. What is my role here when it comes to supporting Sophie? If she were a family member I'd grown up with or if we had any kind of warm relationship, I think I would have a better sense of what to do. But honestly, we barely know each other. I feel like as another queer person, it's my duty to support her as much as I can, even if our relation is a distant one. I'm just not sure how. I think this is very sweet. And I also love this because I find that sort of like, there's a certain type of lesbian who's like one step away from being a knight at the court of King Arthur. And it's just (laughs) like, obviously, uh, any queer person that I'm even like tangentially connected to has the protection of my sword. And it is my duty uh, in the service of like love, truth, and justice uh, to defend their honor as much as possible. And like, it's well, very sweet and can sometimes also like uh, be a little 
a lot. So I guess I just want to encourage the letter writer. Like, I think it is lovely that you want to be helpful. I don't think you have some like vocational duty here that like, if you fail to fulfill it, you're going to get hauled up before like a jury of your queer peers and said like, you know, uh, when, when, when the battle was toughest, she fell, she, (laughs) she dulled her sword. Like you're, you're doing great. It's fine. You barely know this woman. Um, you know, you can express like warmth towards her, maybe like congratulate her on coming out and send her like a nice text, but don't feel like it's your job to like fix her relationship with her mom either. I love that extended metaphor of the whole uh, Camelot thing. That's that's lovely. Um, and I agree that it's not your duty and you won't be, you know, a bad queer for not getting super invested and involved in this situation. But I also think that if it's something you want to do, you know, it could be a good thing to do. Um, like you said, those friends have also said it would have been helpful for another family member to step in and be the person their parents process to instead. Um, now, I don't know how much your stepmom is going to process to you because, as you said, you're not really a very close family yet. But I think it could be worth a shot. My caveat is that I think you should talk to your stepsister about it before you talk to your stepmom. Um, so if you have contact info for her, you could kind of pose this question to her in a really similar way that you posed it to us. Like, hey, I heard your mom is like, trying but not doing great and like I've been through this before like you know maybe with your with your girlfriend or wife or you know just your other friends in the community um, with your own father about your own orientation perhaps in the past like you know tell her that you've been through it and you want to support her however you can but kind of let her take the lead on like whether she wants you to talk to her mom about it or not and like how she would like you to bring that up or whether she would like you to be more of like reactive if her mom starts saying things that um, need correcting. Like letter writer, you've already hit the nail on the head when you say if she were a family member I grew up with or if we had like a warm relationship, I would know what to do, um, which is like good. You know, I, 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 I appreciate that you kind of recognize like you know how to read the room, you know what context clues are, but you don't know her that well. So let yourself be guided by that. So um, certainly like if you don't have her number, you can tell your dad, hey, feel free to give her my number, but don't like demand her number and then text her like eight things in a row. Like, how can I serve you? Not because that's like awful and like fucked up. It's just too much. Don't do too much. Do the right amount and then relax which I get is hard to do when you want to run around with your sword serving King Arthur. Um, but you got to sometimes literally rein that impulse in a little bit. Well, and again, I say that- see me covering my face right now because Danny, I am the definition of too much. In this situation, I would ask my dad for the stepsister's number and I would text her no less than eight things over the course of 15 minutes. I totally um, get, I mean, that's, I think part of why I feel affection here is that is also an impulse that I deal with sometimes. Um, which is especially like, oh, somebody I don't know is having a really difficult time. Time for me to make a new friend. Um, <laughs> which is, is like, that? why do we do often this, Danny? <laughs> a lovely impulse? Sometimes it's genuinely rooted in like a real desire to help, and sometimes it can also be about I want to feel really important. I want to bowl somebody over with how helpful and like you know willing to be there I am, and I'd rather do that for somebody like new and shiny than just like check in with a buddy who I've known for a long time. Um, and also like when it 
I am not saying it always goes into like dark places, but if you find yourself doing that constantly, then sometimes it has to do with like a little bit of a savior complex. So again, there's like a wide, wide spectrum. You do not need to problematize it. Just be aware, like if you're doing too much at a lot of people and you only find yourself interested in new friends when you hear someone's really going through it, maybe stop and take stock. So yeah, offer your number if you don't have hers already. If you do have her number, uh, send her a little text. Say congrats on coming out. I'm really happy for you. Let me know if there's ever anything I can do to make family stuff easier. Um, that's it. Then be normal and like let her dictate the conversation. She might totally be like thrilled and lean on you some, or she might be like, it's fine. My mom's difficult, but it's whatever. I know how to handle her. Um, I'd rather talk about movies. Like take her cue on that front. Don't push it. Don't go beyond what she gives you. And then beyond that, it sounds like you've already done kind of great stuff. You've mostly gone through your dad, which is appropriate, and you've offered to talk to his wife, also great. Uh, but there's nothing to hear that I'm like, oh, wow, you're really missing something. I think you just need to proceed as is, which is, I don't really know Sophie super well yet. If I know more, I'll do more. If I don't learn more, I won't. And that can be a hard place to be because it can feel like I need to have the information and I need the information to be, you need me. And then I will come riding on shadow facts over the hill and I will save you with the purity of my queer solidarity. Um, again, I get it. I get it. I get that it. That may not be I necessary really in this situation. And like sometimes it is and it's great. Sometimes it is. Yeah. You should talk to Sophie and see whether she needs shadow facts or not. Yeah. But if nobody needs the horse, leave it in the stable. Yes. Um. And then the only other thing that I thought was a little interesting here was based on the fact that Sophie and the other siblings were all grown up when the letter writer's dad married this lady a few years ago. And the fact that the letter writer doesn't live with her dad either. Like, it's my, it's my understanding that this letter writer is at least in her mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yeah. So I was a little surprised that she's calling this woman her stepmom. Really? Like, I mean, I feel she's, like if your parent gets remarried after you're out of the house, like you're done being raised, that's just your dad's wife. That's not your stepmom. She didn't have any hand in your upbringing. Like if, if, if one of your parents got remarried right now, would you refer to their partner as a step-parent? Um, I mean, it's hard to imagine for me because all my parents are still together, but... But yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, it really depends on the relationship. Now, certainly, okay. you know, it's not like they're going to have the step-parent relationship like if they did have any hand in raising you. But also, I feel like stepmom, it could have a lot of significance or sometimes it could just be a word, you know, and people use words differently. Sure. This isn't mathematics, unfortunately. I think I was maybe just overthinking it because I thought like my worry was like, if the letter writer thinks like it is my duty to call out family members who do anything wrong. Like that includes some lady my dad married that I've met a few times. Like she is as much my responsibility as if she were my mother. And so I really have to like dial in. But that's, I think maybe over reading what's going on here. So obviously like by all means, call this lady whatever you want. If you feel like she is your stepmother and that word accurately describes your relationship, have at it. I'm just kind of curious about that language. And if otherwise it's it's maybe more accurate to describe her as just your dad's wife, don't put like the burden of a familial relationship over what is essentially just like incidental ships in the night relating. So yeah, there's no burden here. 
you've already expressed real like warmth and solidarity and uh, willingness to be helpful. Fantastic. Um, if you hear back on anything actionable, you'll take action. I'm not worried about that. But don't feel like you have to start like digging or like saying, you know, if you have this, com- you might have this conversation a lot with your dad, you know, like he might often say, well, she's thinking about it. And it'll be really tempting to be like, just let me take her to a flag meeting. And like, if it's not coming from her and the willingness isn't there and it's just coming through your dad, like let him handle what he's been handling and don't try to take on too much. Yeah, you can send resources, but unless Sophie asks you to take a bigger role, like I think it's okay to be pretty hands-off here. I, yeah, I think I mostly just want to reassure this letter writer. There's nothing in here that makes me think like, wow, you're like turning your back on a sister in need or like you're just really not even looking out for, you know, other trans people. Not other, sorry, you're, uh, the letter writer says, but like you're not looking out for trans people. Like you're not doing anything wrong. You're not even doing anything close to anything wrong. Yeah, for sure. And it is in fact appropriate. I think. I think too, maybe this is what I've been trying to get at. Not that I'm at all worried that the letter writer would do this, But one of the reasons that I think it's really useful to let Sophie guide you in terms of how you treat her is there's lots of different ways people can get a little bit weird when somebody transitions. One of them is sometimes a lot of people rush in presuming that they like now know the most like intimate and personal things about you and you're real close. Mm -hmm. And even if those people are all really well-meaning, sometimes that can be a lot. And so one of the gifts you can give Sophie by like expressing warmth and an interest to support her and get to know her better if she wants that. And then like letting her decide is you're letting her know, I'm not going to like presume that we're now super close just because you've transitioned. I remember like certainly when I started transitioning and came out, sometimes, you know, obviously this is way better than like people who are just transphobic. That was the worst one. But sometimes a lot of people would sort of presume like this must mean that we're really close now. And it was like, no, you just heard something new about me. And Hmm. so I think it can be nice to don't worry that just saying like, hey, congrats on coming out. Let me know if you ever need help talking to the family. You're not failing, Sophie, by not in fact saying, and here's eight things that I think about your mother. And here's 12 things that I've like been traumatized by, by my own family relations. And here's 16 ways that we can plan a bigger and brighter future together. Like it's also okay to let relationships grow slowly and steadily over time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also loving that during this whole conversation, I've been sitting in front of an open window just in front of what is rapidly becoming the sunset. So I have been lit by like a beatific gaze, which is really like, I'm just, I'm, I'm backlit in the most enchanting way I've ever seen in my life. So while I've been encouraging this letter writer not to get um, caught up in fantasies of like salvific perfection, I have been looking at myself and being like, my God, I look like St. Francis. You have an angelic halo for sure. It's a bad combination for me, for sure. <laughs> so I am just, I apologize. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with a guest. 
And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our big mood, little mood listener question form, or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening. 